1: you doing podcasts Adam Buxton here thanks very much indeed for joining me once again on the podcast it is a very beautiful evening out here oh look there's the lark you can hear it hanging around above the field the techno bird on an earlier podcast this year I played quite a good section of um, techno warbling from one of the larks It's a beautiful sunny evening, even though it's quite cold, but the larks are having fun. Wow, I wish you could be out here with me. Not you, you're a bit of a weirdo, but uh, the rest of you, it's so beautiful at this time of year. Anyway, listen, you're busy, I'm busy, tell us about the podcast buckles. Okay, podcast number 82 features a sometimes serious, but more often silly conversation Sprice prize! with British actor, comedian and writer Tash Demetriou. Hey, Tash has been on the podcast before and she's uh, a friend. It's always a great pleasure to see Tash. She's one of the funniest and nicest people I know. And our conversation included talking about her part in Staff Let's Flats, the sitcom she appeared in alongside the show's creator, who's also her brother, Jamie Dimitriou. Our conversation was recorded in London back in April of this year, 2018. So the show hadn't gone out at that point. But when it did go out on Channel 4, it was very warmly received and hopes are high for our second series next year. Although that hasn't been confirmed as I speak. We also talked about painful breakups. Why Tash's love for the film classic It's a Wonderful Life recently turned to anger getting a part in the TV version of Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement's vampire mockumentary What We Do in the Shadows, which she is filming out in Canada as I speak. I got a text from her yesterday saying she was out there. And finally, Tash told me about her fascination with autonomous sensory meridian response, or ASMR, which meant, at the time we spoke, that she was obsessed with slime. It's why she likes me. But our conversation began with me getting uptight about time, or specifically, my very important worries, which I've shared on this podcast before, about how best to say what year it is. It's one of the big questions facing us in the modern world. Here we go! Ramble chat,
0: chat, we'll focus first.
1: Cash Dimitriou today is Wednesday the 25th of April 2018 actually that's not how I say the date anymore how do you say it 2018 I've been saying 2010 2012 2014 2010, and 2018 someone, someone yeah 2018 someone just tweeted the other day like mate you're quite happy right the way <laughs> through the 20th century to say 19 and then the number now why is it different now
2: 2000, 2019.
1: It and all went 19. wrong with 2000 and 2001, 2001 because the fucking film, the Kubrick film, was 2001. And Everyone, it was
2: the year 2000. It yeah. wasn't the year tw- 2000. Exactly. You don't, you don't am am call it
1: 2000.
2: 2000, yeah.
1: It's weird. I, I like to bring everything back to David Bowie whenever possible. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And I was
1: clearing out a shed today and found a box full of. Old magazines, many of which don't exist anymore. One of which was called Icon Magazine. Do you even remember Icon magazine? Oh,
2: yeah, I, was, I edited it. So <laughs> sad for it when it folded. Gutted. <laughs> and there was
1: an interview with Bowie from around 95, and they were talking about the end of the century and what's it going to be like and is everything going to fall apart. And actually, he was saying, no, it's, it's going to be fine. Everything's just going to carry on as normal. And the only thing I'm worried about is how are we going to say the dates? After the year, t- you know, we'll yeah. say the year 2000, but then what's going to happen? I was like,
2: yes, I'm, I've been thinking the same thing, David. You are almost David Bowie in many ways. <laughs> in many ways. So
1: how do you I'm say back. the year? How I'm do you, back. You, she's back. <laughs> <laughs> you just waiting for an opportunity.
2: I'm back. I'm back.
1: <laughs> how do you say the year I'm back?
2: Um, I, know. how do I say the year? So um, it's 2018. Yeah, I do think this is the 2017 2016, 2015, 2015. There was a change last year, 2017, 2018. Yeah. But you know I'm going to say 2020. Right. It's the year 2020. It's no, 2020. 20 and, 20. and
1: there's going to be a TV programme called 2020,
2: 2020 Vision. Yeah. Twen- Hi, welcome to the year twenty. And 20. <laughs> the 13th <laughs> of April, 2020. 20, yeah. 2020. No, it's going to be, it's 2018 and I'm, I'm loving it. Good things are happening.
1: I'm loving it. So what have you been doing since I last saw you?
2: What have I been doing? Let's think. What have I been up to? Um, cleaning. One of my flatmates has moved out and I was cleaning a lot of her bottles of vinegar that she left behind.
1: What was she doing with the vinegar? Was she cooking with it or drinking it?
2: I don't know. I, I live with a lot of freaks mm-hmm. and Is lovely of, freaks.
1: Are they okay to be called freaks?
2: Um, they're probably not okay with it, but I am. Yeah, yeah. No, they're basically I live in, in like a shared flat and it's weird how many bottles of vegetable oil and vinegar mm. you amass.
1: Because some people drink it, right?
2: No, no, not cider vinegar. We're talking red and white. Oh, OK. We're talking... Is cider
1: vinegar the only one that you can drink? I
2: think so, unless you've got s- s- an insanely fascinating taste palette that you're chugging pints of red <laughs> wine vinegar.
1: <laughs> Have you ever drunk cider vinegar? Every day. Do you seriously?
2: No, I, I did for a while. I'm so, um, what do you call it? Thick. Thick. That's the one. Yeah, I was thinking of that word. I'm very thick. So whenever um... <laughs>
1: that was, that was a fun joke.
2: <laughs> I don't think I'm you're crying. Thick. <laughs> I'm no, the... I am. I'm incredible. No, th- that is the base of it. I'm thick. <laughs> I can't help. I sit around waiting for people to tell me what I should be doing. I'm That's the same. What I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So things have been really going well for me. So I thought today was the day that I take some time, get on my hands and knees, and polish off the vinegar bottles, mm-hmm. go through them, check the ex- use by dates. In your head, you're like, why have I got 16 bottles of red wine vinegar in this tiny yes. kitchen? In you know, a dusty like... corner. And why they get so sticky? They're in a cupboard.
1: I think I can tell you why they get so sticky because it's all the cooking mist. <laughs> I'm going to use all the technical terms here. Yeah. When you cook shit, right, mm. you get like cooking mist mm. and it goes up and it <clears> turns into sort of uh, stickiness. <laughs> And then it drops on other shit.
2: But it's in the cupboard. It gets everywhere. It does. It gets everywhere. And it's so sticky. And I was, I mean...
1: It's horrible. Kitchen Kitchens fumes are a nightmare. They are. That's why you need an extractor fan.
2: Yeah, we have a fake one. I don't know what the landlord was <laughs> thinking. We have an extractor fan that has the buttons and everything. But I don't know if it's like just like... F- psychosomatic, you yeah. can feel like you're extracting, but hey, girls, you're not going to be extracting anything. You're it just doesn't work. Sticky. I wonder if I stayed in the kitchen for ages, whether I would just, if I lived in a cupboard, whether I'd get really sticky. Does your
1: extractor fan just not work then?
2: They told us when we moved in. It's not oh, real. By the way, as this in my landlord's French, this does not work. It's a uh, fake.
1: It's cosmetic.
2: <laughs> this one is a uh, fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just went and for fake. And then he fake.
2: ran off giggling with our... With our tenancy agreement.
1: Hey! We used to have a corner of the kitchen where... Because my wife... My wife? Would use red wine. Like, back in the day, we're trying to eat less red meat. I've gone off on a load of tangents here.
2: Mm, Me too.
1: And back in the day when when it would be spag bog every night or every other night, Mm. there would be a lot of red wine being tossed around and... And then you would end up with just sort of uh, bottles of red wine with about a fifth left in it. You know what I mean? That would just accumulate. you think, oh, I'll keep that. Keep but that. We can throw that. use like, that, use can that use in a sauce. Cooking. Yeah.
2: yeah, use it you're yeah, yeah.
1: cooking. And then, you know, you open another bottle of wine, have a couple of glasses, a bit left over, keep that, use that for the sauce. And until there was, I'm not joking, about 12 bottles of wine with a bit left in there. Have
2: a party. From
1: years and years ago. But they are all, like, with <laughs> dust and with the... Dirty wine
2: party. That's what you're going to do. (laughs) Filthy wine party. Welcome. It's mucky wine night. Everyone gets sick, but everyone gets drunk. That
1: would be good with lots of hipster hobos. Yeah. Mucky
2: wine. Oh my God, this mucky wine is fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And And you drink it in a potty.
2: You are drinking a pot. Oh, I was thinking you get dirty wine glasses, you don't wash them, mm. and then you turn them upside down, you just put a tiny bit on the sort of flat bottom of the wine, you just lick it off. Okay. I love licking up this mucky wine. <laughs> Adam throws the best
1: party. That's going to be the phrase, isn't it? So, yeah, we had loads of that. But this is a good segue. Yeah. Talking about fake extractors. Use.
2: Fake extractors.
1: Because... You and your brother Jamie are doing a, a thing all about landlords, right?
2: Yes. Oh my god, that is a fantastic. That's quite that's good. That's a isn't fantastic it? You didn't segue. Even
1: think of that. I'm yeah. good at. I'm good at this.
2: Yeah. So me and Jamie, Jamie wrote a show called Staff Let's Flats for Channel Four. Mm. Well, for E4, and it's just been. We've just been told it's going to be on Channel Four,
1: which was a comedy blap.
2: It was a comedy blap, which apparently. Do we know? Have I, has anyone talked to you about where the, the name blaps came from? I think It's sick, actually. It, I don't think I want that. It's a that bit
1: classic. of disgusting sexual slang, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, it's It's a word for a very disrespectful bit of sex play.
2: mm hmm Slapping your willy on a desk.
1: Oh, is it on a desk? Oh,
2: I, oh, that's what... Oh.
1: I mean, that's bad.
2: That I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just all this stuff. <laughs> oh, like, it would be bad anyway. Yeah, it's just it's bad. It's not like... <laughs> it's <just bad. laughs> A desk is bad.
1: Pretty much anywhere would be bad. Desk isn't as bad as some places, but no. it's bad.
2: No, it's not. Let's agree on that. No, it's bad. So yeah, so he made it, I mean, like six years ago, five years ago, as a series of three shorts where he played lots of different characters and mm. one of them was Stath, an estate agent, blah 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 blah. Basically, yeah, it's taken a little while, but we finally made it. We filmed it, finished filming it sort of mid-November, I think, last year, 20 and 17. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: And it was the most fun of my life. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of 2017, who we were Who
1: do you play?
2: So me and Jamie play brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, he plays Sath, I play Sophie. And it, I mean, come on, it's based entirely on... It's so... It's just, you know, my dad's Cypria and it's based on our sort of the North London Greek stuff that we grew up with. And then also this whole new element of state agents because, I mean, estate agents are... They're garbage. <laughs> well they're not all garbage but they i mean they are they're they're like i don't like you know they're doing a plonkers game yeah i mean jamie's character staff is i mean he is <laughs> such an idiot mm. like we've seen it now they've cut it together and we've watched it all i absolutely love it of like it's really
1: the pilot is one of the funniest things ever have you seen it yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. and
2: well yeah so i oh I,
1: not the, not the pilot but the the, the black bl- yeah
2: it's so it feels like such such a good thing i think because it's like a character comedy written by a character comedian, cast with character comedians and comedians, like, most of the parts, you're like, oh, that's my friend who's a comedian. Like, you know, so much TV that's made nowadays is comedy. There'll be, like, a comedian at the heart of it and then it's lots of actors and actresses. And I'm not saying actors and actresses aren't funny. Sounds like it. But they ain't funny. (laughs) Guess what? They ain't as funny as comedians. (laughs) I don't know, it felt like a very special stupid time in my life and I was and like, you know, I'm doing it with my brother who I is my best friend and I fancy him. Mm, nice. <laughs> you know, and like Ellie White, who's my comedy partner, yeah. she played like my best friend in it. Is Liam
1: Williams still in it?
2: Liam's in it. I mean, Al Roberts, who plays my sort of love interest, is the one of the funniest human beings. I I mean, I can't express with words.
1: Is Adam Buxton in it?
2: Uh, Roo. um I thought he was quite busy doing podcasts.
1: Wait, you didn't even ask him? (laughs) He definitely would have done it. And he would have been amazing. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe he is in it. Yeah, maybe... I should just check.
2: I should just probably check. I mean, (laughs) there's things you can do with technology nowadays. I'm not saying we can't CGI you into every scene. Uh I'm not saying we can't, but I'm also not saying we can or we should.
1: (laughs) I like the noise you made when I asked if Adam Buxton was in Stat... What's that noise? Static.
2: I, I was trying to be like <laughs> the microphone's oh, cut see, out, right and then I was thinking in my head, how do you make with my mouth the noise of someone being like, <laughs> like <laughs> running footsteps away. running away, and then and the door shut, and a car drives off. I can do a sound effect. Okay, yeah, do that. So, so you ask me that, and then do the sound effect. Is Adam Buxton in staff? Come back. <laughs> Here she comes. Hey! sorry sorry oh sorry i what just happened? had a doctor's appointment oh yeah staff that
1: sounds great and Stath- what- it's
2: called staff let's flats now because flats. Because uh, it's so funny we me and jamie recently in america together because we're legends Yeah. and um him trying to explain it to american people so it's staff let's flats staff is not a, a name that everyone knows in england but in america they don't have lets us out there uh-huh. and they don't have flats Why well, he he's Sorry, he's what? With a, with a flat white? Like a coffee? And what's a stack? Stas Staff? It would have to be called Greek boy rents apartments. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it was going to be called staff. But it
1: sounds a bit like staff as in staff infection as well.
2: That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Thank you. Astathios is the name of the character. But in Greek, it's such a good name for the character, though. It's like the noise of it. Staff. All right, I'm Staph. It works so well. Yeah.
1: he's Stapher. Staph. But you could mishear it as Staph.
2: Oh God, you could big time. I mean,
1: Staphylococcus would... aureus. <laughs> stop sometimes listing called names of diseases. It's a group of bacteria that can cause a multitude of diseases.
2: Stop talking so about bacteria. You, you don't want to. This is my brother podcast. and my big break. Yeah. You have to stop renaming bacteria. No, it is obviously. Would he have gone back and called himself Tony? Maybe. Yeah. I don't want to speak on his behalf. But yeah, the, the, the name thing was a worry.
1: When's right. it going to be on?
2: Well, they don't know yet. There's oh, okay. no official date, which is very useful for this. But I think they're waiting maybe for never. it. Maybe never. Well, yeah, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'd like to keep it sort of private. It's a shame it's not Adam
1: Buxton. Otherwise, it would definitely be on and do really well. Yeah,
2: what? Just do an audio version of it. Oh. Psych. <sighs> You do podcasts and mainly that. Oh. I'm sorry.
1: Ouch. Anyway, listen, good luck with it. Thank you. Don't be disappointed if it sinks without a trace. That's often what happens with the best of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. some great things have sung without a trace. Mm. So don't get all depressed about it. There's no need.
2: You've got meaner this past year. I'm just
1: getting you back. <laughs> I've never tried doing that before. It doesn't sit very well, does no. it? No. I'm not used to being mean. I'm not good at it.
2: No, you're too sweet. You're you're too much of a lovely...
1: Also, if I I started, it would be like the dam bursting. (laughs) I'd just go fucking crazy. All the anger would come out.
2: I do feel more angry, definitely, these days. Do you? Yeah. Why? I just, as you get older... I mean, it's such a boring thing to say, but I just am like... (sighs) Yeah, he's falling asleep. Sorry, carry on. But I don't know if it's the time... I mean, this is getting very serious very quickly, but, like, I think... I've realised that being angry as I get older is oh, no, it's not okay because it's not helpful. But it's like I guess with all the stuff that's come out, like all the sort of awareness in the you know in the industry with like the way women are treated and the horrible stuff that's come out has definitely made me reflect on my life, and it's made me angry. In that I was talking to my friend about this stuff, and it was like I realised that my I've recently broken up with some Oh,
1: mate.
2: Yeah, and it's fine. It's, like, very... The most, like, mature, healthy, lovely, respectful breakup ever. But, it's you know, you reflect on your relationship past, you reflect on everything that's happened in your life, blah, blah. blah. It makes you reflect, reflect, reflect. Of course. Cry, cry, cry. Mm. Sleep in the bin. Sleep <laughs> in the bin. So and I, was, I was just, like, all my relations... And this has actually nothing to do with the past relationship I had, which was very healthy and loving and great. But it made me be, like, my whole life... Every, all, what? Where's my? What's my point? My point is, is that I watched It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas, <laughs> and now you're furious. Yeah, and now I'm furious because I was sat there watching it, being like, "This film, I've watched every. I'm because I'm such a kooky sweetheart. Every Christmas, I go and find a place where It's a Wonderful Life's playing in, like, an Everyman Cinema, or something like a red velvet chair and a cup of tea, and I always loved it. And then this year, I was watching it, and I was like, "Shut up." Every woman in this film is wearing an apron. Every woman in this film is crying because this complex, incredible man can't handle how much people love him and how much responsibility and how much he's helped everyone. And every single woman is giving him a plate of sausages or, like, tending to the children and, like, tiptoeing out the room. Mm. And then it just made me reflect back on every book, every film. It's just everything I've loved. And obviously, by doing comedy and acting, I've always done this because... I love it. I grew up being, like, a fiend for books and art and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, was it Indiana Jones or Crocodile Dundee? Crocodile Dundee. And I was like...
1: A lot of very strong female characters in that Exactly.
2: Exactly. So there was some Indian women dancing in the corner mm-hmm. and then a blonde woman screaming and being like, I hate being dirty. Well,
1: the worst, well, not the worst one, but, but a particularly bad offender is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
2: Yeah, It might have been that one, actually. Even at
1: the time, though, people were saying, what the hell is this? Literally all Kate Capshaw does is scream.
2: Yeah. So I guess all that stuff just slowly seeped in my stupid, thick brain (laughs) and would have seeped into the stupid, thick brains of the boys. And then you look back at your relationship past, you look back at your interactions with men, you look back at stuff and you're like, so much of that is because everyone thought it was okay. Like for my like 14th birthday, I think what I wanted was a handmade corset. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'd I'd seen like a music video where like Christina Aguilera was wearing a corset or something. And I'd been like, yes. I need to get my waist small and I need my boobs pumping. Oh, my God. And there was this article in one of the girls' magazines I had that was like the perfect Christmas present or whatever. And it was like this place in Camden where they hand... And I was like, that is something I can wear with any outfit. (laughs) It's going to be sexy. It's going to be black with a red lining. And it's like, what was I I was like, corsets, mm-hmm. let's strap you in. Let's get your waist.
1: It's medieval. No, it's yeah. very odd. But it's, like, b- it's even <laughs> earlier than medieval. It's one of the, it's almost.
2: It all started with the corset, I think, is where I'm going
1: with this. It's almost like getting your feet bound, isn't
2: yeah. it? Yeah, it, but it's, in like, it's insane. Like the, that, and like I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I'll, be able, I'll wear it under T-shirts.
1: I never wanted a corset. I mean, maybe I could use one, but... Um, cod no. piece? A cod piece, that's different. Certainly yeah, the, different. The, the most interested I ever got in sport was um, when I saw that the cricketers were wearing their boxes. I thought, oh, I'd like cricketers to Cricketers wear... wear boxes? That's what they're called.
2: Oh, for their willies, a willy box?
1: Yeah, a willy protecting box.
2: Oh, I think keep it's talking, called... I'm about to come. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. A willy in a box? Uh oh! <laughs> but yeah, I guess I don't know why I went off on this tangent because you said angry. No, it's a
1: good tangent, and I apologise for um, snoring for for doing the snoring joke. <laughs> at
2: The beginning. No, of... you didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know I was going to get like this. But I do think I like I've had like fights with my male friend, not fights, but like debates where in the past, like they've talked about a girl that they're seeing or something, you know, like completely innocent, you know and like with friends I know that they're good people but I've been like hang on, stop there don't say that like it's actually if more if you know you there, something has to stop and if it takes me being a bit extreme and ruining a dinner party by standing up and being like no that's not okay but the same for my female friends like if I hear anyone being like he had a dog's willy I'll be <laughs> like we have to try and be better
1: what would that even mean though?
2: a dog's willy? yeah for me <laughs>
1: Like a little lipstick.
2: I would say it's a little lipstick. It's small. It's like maybe round, a bit rounder at the end. It's thin. It's, I, I, I haven't really experienced that. I've definitely, I mean, I can't, I cannot believe this is what I'm talking about. Oh, trying to fight for change and then describing a dog's penis. Um, <laughs> for me, a dog's penis is perfect and it's what I'm looking for. And I've, I've yet to find it. <laughs> but, I feel like social conditioning, I think has like got way more to blame, like to th- but do you
1: think though it's interesting talking about it's a wonderful life because I suppose well loved films like that get a pass in some ways, don't they, because they're so or they're seen as being so fundamentally good hearted, yeah, that you know it's not about societal attitudes towards the sexes, there's other things to.
2: Totally totally, totally. And it is
1: a product of the times that it was made in, et cetera, et cetera. I guess it just
2: makes you you look at it and you go, This is a film that is like universally loved and like is like played everywhere.
1: Yeah, but you're right, it is Quite jarring a lot of the time now. I mean, even films from as recently as ten years ago or something. No, it's
2: always from the male perspective. It's the guy or the man has the interest. Is funny. Is the goofball. Is the complex one. Is yeah. that you know?
1: Ten. Well, it's, it's even less than ten years. Films are only just starting to change in that respect.
2: And I, I don't think it's about like making every everything from now on about a strong complex woman, and but it just makes you as a person reflect on your life Mm. and you go, everything I've loved, every piece of artwork that's inspired me, every film, every bit of music, like 99% of it has been this, like telling this story of men being...
1: His story.
2: It's been his... (laughs) Exactly, it's been his story.
1: Ancient his story. Story.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God. Now now
2: you're waking up, right? man oh my god
1: are you going to start spelling wo woman Hugh differently wo-man. because i mean that is a thing some people do use a different spelling for woman
2: what do they spell it as uh
1: w o m o n i think
2: woman 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 i'm um, maybe i mean it's so hard it's like all these issues all this stuff that's happening there's pros and cons and i think there's like being too extreme on one side doesn't help and you know I think it's good that all this stuff is being discussed and that it's so good for the world but it does I guess as I can't speak for men I can't speak for most of the other things that people you know lots of other things are happening but one thing I can speak for is I am a woman I am a woman and I feel it babes I'm feeling it and I'm thinking so much of the weird, stupid stuff I did in my sexual past and my relationship past and my attitude to men and my feelings about myself are down to Britney Spears hit me baby one more time <laughs> <laughs> or baby got back. <laughs> what
1: does baby got back even mean?
2: My anaconda don't want none unless you got burns, Han. I can do that. You know, it's like a ba- it's a guide speaking about girls with tiny little itty bitty titties. And oh, a big really? old booty butt, not really, but I just remember because I'm I'm a pear, I'm yeah. small on top, big at the back. Uh-huh. I would always listen to that song and be like, oh well, at least there's some guy out, so Mix-a-Lot likes me. <laughs> 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 but look, there is such a huge, huge thing, and it's probably it should be a series of podcasts that I should probably start doing it right about I think, now.
1: I think we should both do it mm. and wake people up.
2: Wake me up inside. Talk about a women's problem is that the theme? That's be the theme that's good i haven't thought it. no true. that's carry All on got the copyright from evanescence
1: evanescence is that yeah,
2: the band that sang it oh. i actually got cat called the other day and i was like i genuinely shouted back at them come on it's it's 2018 but the cat call was really weird i was eating edamame beans and he someone, this boy went oh fit girl you should eat you should give those those beans the pigeons what does I that like, mean? This is very hard for me to unpack. I don't know if you're like a, <laughs> a nature, you're sort, of, you're sort of a wildlife person or <laughs> what, what are you, a pervert? <laughs> hey, pretty girl, you should give those edamame beans to the birds, feed them to the birds. And I was like, are you taking the mickey out of me for not eating meat? I don't, yeah, no. Hey,
1: pretty girl, you should, you know those
2: beans you have? You should get the beans and... Put them on a... Well, you pop some out, to help the birds out, and give them individually to the birds. Don't to have too birds. much... You know, but You know who likes beans? Birds. Birds. Sorry about that. I just really went off on a tangent about women.
1: No, quite right. It's time things changed. I mean, I don't really relish the prospect because I benefited hugely from the way things used to be done. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I think uh, men are a bit like, oh, God, I thought we were over all that. I thought it was all fucking sorted. But no, it's not. Um, we got
2: the vote, we didn't get much else. Am I right?
1: Yeah, come on, sisters.
2: Come on. Hello, my friend, it's
0: good to see you again. I've
2: got to say, you're looking great.
0: I love what you've done with your nipples and your knees and your shiny bald pate. Oh. Oh.
1: So you've had a breakup. Mm. How long were you going out, if you don't mind me asking? Um
2: nearly two years. Two years. Big time. I just think breakups are we are not designed for them as human beings. I've had them all. I've had ones where you're like this is too hard, we're like ruining each other's lives now, it needs to end. There's sort of an ease in that because you're like, this can't carry on. I'm going to bite the skin off your face and enjoy it any minute now but then it's painful and it's tragic and then there's a person who you were so close to that you can't sort of speak to because it ends like messily mm. or it's loving, it's respectful, it's like mutual. I think it's very weird. It's very, since going through my breakup, I am feeling very, very, very strongly that I never, ever, ever, ever want to be in a relationship again. Uh-huh, yeah because i'm like i can't go through this again i cannot i don't know if having someone to hang out with on a sunday is worth this like i feel like i have genuinely been walking into walls for the past month or so since it happened
1: what's the feeling though is it that you'll never find someone so nice again or
2: no just the the, the feeling that without this person whoever they are you can't survive you can't function yeah. like i need to know what someone's had for dinner why is there no one who wants to tell me what they've had for dinner? Why does no one care what I've had for dinner? Rice, again. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so weird. And, like, this is very sad. I was doing hot yoga because I'm a cliche, I'm a walking cliche, doing a lot of that since the breakup. And Bikram. Bikram, very. I can talk to you about that for a long time. It's so addictive. Did you know, just such a tangent, did you know that there was a man, same thing, went through an awful breakup, lost your job, terrible time, got seriously into hot yoga? Because it's addictive. It does something to you. You get so into the sweat. I cannot tell you. And because it, you're hot, you can bend like you shouldn't be able to bend. And he wrote a whole book about it because there, there are these things called illegal bends in hot yoga. Really? There's a bend that you where you walk your hands down a wall and then you walk your legs in. Oh, so is, essentially, and loads of people are well doing illegal. it yeah. and breaking their ribs.
1: Right, that's why it's illegal.
2: And this man wrote a book about being like, hot yoga beware, but I'm all up. Let's break some ribs. Let's get some <laughs> attention from a doctor. <laughs> I'm into it. So I was doing hot yoga and a woman... I hear so many amazing things in the changing room because it's in an area that's populated by lots of lovely sort of Mm mum-mummers. And there was an elder woman... Elder? Older woman. An elder. An elder. She
1: was an elder of the community. There
2: was a wizard in the the changing room, (laughs) naked, and she was talking about her friend. I'm assuming she's sort of in her 60s, and she was talking about her friend who wants to get on a yoga retreat because she's just become widowed. And she was crying while she was telling this story and she was like, I've just been with her this weekend. I'm going to cry thinking about it. Um, And she was just like, this woman doesn't know what to do. She's not like wailing and crying. And I haven't been wailing and crying. I've been doing a lot of the saddest, which is just silently weeping. Mm -hmm. And she's just, this woman, her friend is just like, she's like, you're there with her and she's not like on her knees screaming, but she's just like, I've got all this love to give and i don't know who to give it to and i don't know where to put it and i i keep trying to be like oh okay it's okay come back now come back now it's fine and he's not coming back and i was like fuck that i don't want to be a 60 year old woman who I, I was like what i don't i was like thinking i bet they had a lovely life sounds like they had a lovely marriage earwigging ps naked <laughs> everyone's naked in the changing room and just like listing with my ear my bum <laughs> and
1: your <laughs> <old> bum trumpet
2: <laughs> my barmere came out and listened so i could get a real so get really get this story so i could tell it as an anecdote on a podcast but yeah i was like i bet they had a lovely life i bet they had a lovely marriage and wow that's so incredible yeah but great. Don't, you
1: don't want to get into the frame of mind of like oh i never want to get into a
2: relationship because it'll end because some so like someone's gonna die well i don't know if that's right Adam. <laughs> i do think i was just like She's, you know, doing yoga tr- retreats. She sounds like she's quite healthy. She could potentially live for another 30 years. 30 years of being like, come home, please come it home. It won't be
1: 30 years. She'll, she'll be will okay. Ten years then.
2: Like, wh- I was just like, I don't know how up for that I am. I mean, obviously, I'm much more sensitive and vulnerable to all that in my c- current circumstance of being a, a breakee.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but <clears throat> you know, the the cliches are cliches because they're true and time does heal all wounds. Maybe not I, all of them, I honestly, but it certainly makes them more bearable.
2: You know, I I have friends or friends of friends who I've heard, you know, horrific things. They were engaged and then it got called off last minute, you know, wedding dress in the cupboard, whatever. The breakup I just had was just like, this isn't quite right yeah, type yeah. situation. And still I was like, I can't sleep. I can't no, of course. function. I don't know what to do. And I was like, I'm not up for this again, I don't think. And also, I'm like, the next person I get with, listen out, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to marry her because I cannot <laughs> go through this again. I, can't, I just, I'm like, I know it's only been a month, but it genuinely feels like I've lived 18 years yeah. in the last month of just like, I've watched reality <laughs> TV shows about everything you could think of. I have re... I watched all series of Friends about 58 times through and then like what about with your
1: patriarchy goggles on that's uh, that was
2: tricky it's so interesting it's so friends is another let's do a podcast about friends it's so interesting because all the female characters even phoebe their main aim is let's get married let's have kids Hmm. monica loves cleaning and like i mean i don't feel like i've really any authority to talk about this because it's not my experience but the lack of ethnic diversity is like mind-boggling. Yes,
1: yeah, no, it is. It's for, weird. For,
2: for a show that ran for ten series, twenty-four episodes a series to have that little representation of ethnic diversities. You are like, and oh my god! On top of that, the amount of gay jokes.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, mean,
2: yeah. I can't. Like, I
1: was never. I'm, I'd like to point out that I was never a fan.
2: Oh, my God, I am, I'm uh, such a fan.
1: I can't pretend that it was for all those reasons, necessarily. I no, well, like, yeah, oh, I this mean... Is, well, there needs to be more diversity in it. But, I mean, you know, it, it, it certainly when you look back at it, it's absolutely stark.
2: However, that was such an insanely well-written show. Those performances and characters did everything. I mean, they did everything, that, for me, personally, that accompanied... You know, like, there was pathos, there was... I mean, I've cried laughing so many times, like... David Schwimmer, ooh, mama, Ross Geller, that character just shines. I mean, Lisa Kudrow is like, she's done the comeback and stuff since I'm, all of them, Matt LeBlanc, let's do them all, Matthew Perry, (laughs) Jen Ann, Courtney C, they're my people, I I think as a, but then you, it's so complex because like watching those women do that show, I was like, I want to do that. So, you know, they were there, they were on TV be, and they were funny and they weren't just, like, they're all, all of them are mad. They're, they're not straight women. Yeah. It's just, I guess, a lot of their storylines were the marriage storylines. So, you or- know,
1: I think there's a temptation to sort of think, oh, we're, we're very close to solving all these issues. Yeah. Give us a couple of years, everything's going to be sorted out. Mm. No, in 10 years' time, people will be looking back at, Stuff that we're doing and saying, no, 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 no. You can't say that. Yeah. You can't
2: do this that. This podcast This, <laughs> this we, podcast used an example. This, this podcast will be
1: held up. <laughs> It'll be one of the first items on the agenda for people to say, What the shit was going on there?
2: Yeah. It's really it's so I mean, it's all I I'm going back to the whole stuff, but like I remember thinking sex in the city was like Ooh, oh! it's a bit risky because, you know, so many of these character storylines are tied up with looking for a man. But then at the same time, it was a show led by four women. Like, Samantha is, like, such a mad character, but, like, actually incredible because she just wanted to fuck all the time. And I want to fuck all the time. My friends want to fuck all the time. Like, we don't, you know, I... <laughs> It's like, I I feel weird saying this, but it's like, I'm, I, you know, I want to fuck all the time without, not hurting anyone, you know, and being, using, you know, being safe. Sure. And it's like, that was a show that did that.
1: Someone's going to make a meme out of you saying. (laughs) Saying,
2: I want to fuck all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm newly single, Christ. It's going to get
1: played before you come on stage.
2: I want to fuck all the time. I want to... Here she is, it's the I want to <laughs> fuck all the time, girl. I think going to auto-tune <laughs> it. I want to fuck all the time. I want to fuck all the time. But it was amazing. Like, you know, that show is... And Miranda yeah. is such an Like, all of them. You know, but then again, you know, they're they're so much of it. But then there was the episode where Miranda's like, what do we think, what do we feel you know there is that episode. I'm quoting it, but like because yeah. they all they're doing is talking about men's balls, and it it's I don't know it's a minefield. I shouldn't I shouldn't have trod on it because I'm letting off grenades left, right, and centre. <laughs> Just lost an ear, but yeah, it's very it's food for thought. It certainly is. Is it is it interesting food? for Is it tasty food for thought? It's food for thought, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit of food for thought. Adam. That's the yeah, thing. Should we talk about Brexit? <laughs> It's curry. It's a little bit of mild curry for thought. (laughs) The
1: thing that I think about sometimes, which I think you're probably not supposed to think about once you're married, is what what are you supposed to do with all those relationships and all the feelings that you had and all the love you had for another human being Mm. and all the times you shared and the times you were close? You know, you are supposed to just completely expunge them. Obviously there's a practical reason for doing that, mm. because you know it's like going out with someone who's got loads of photographs of their their ex that was our, that was our surfing right <laughs> it was
2: a fantastic day <laughs> um i don't know i'm actually fascinated like i don't know like i've never been married i'm mm. you know what you've done is like you've you've done it you've got married you've you've made human beings with another person yep. you've
1: don't need to be married to do that, of course. You don't need to be. I mean, it's be. a very outdated institution of as course far as it many is. people are concerned. Com- yeah,
2: completely, totally. I can't think of anything more embarrassing than walking down an aisle. I mean, come off it. It's so, holding a bunch of flowers and walking down the aisle, especially if you do like the traditional walk, which is like one step, one step. I can't, it's so embarrassing. But anyway, that's. Yeah. But, but I'm like fascinated to know like, what it can't be easy it cannot be easy just like can it is it just like you are just you and your wife you just have this like huge ball of love that you live in no that's i mean that's what i mean i doubt it very much
1: but it's the whole point i think is that it's you go through this crazy ceremony and you do it in front of your friends because the whole thing is you know, it's a bit of a weird thing having a relationship with a person and expecting it to go on for a long time, let alone for the rest of your life. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's all just. Were you one hundred percent sure when you were doing it? Were you like, "This is this is great"? What do you perfect? think I'm going to say? I don't. <laughs> well, it depends. But I, I just, don't, I feel like no. I, I, anyone... I know what you're saying. I know yeah. what you're saying. It
1: is weird. It's like making a gesture to the rest of society and mm. to your friends and to yourself. Your society,
2: your personal society. Yeah. Did and it feel amazing? We were like, wow. Yeah,
1: well, it feels like a big deal. Yeah,
2: it cool. feels like
1: I shouldn't fuck this up. I should mm. take this seriously. Mm. Mm. And also, you know, it's just another technique for trying to ensure that you're both around if and when you have children. And
2: mm. It felt right. It did feel right. It's for a you.
1: technique, isn't it? Yeah, just for giving yourself the best shot and just for helping you through those moments where otherwise you would just say, you know what? I think, let's call it a day.
2: You said you didn't like my podcast. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Exactly. Because of course you go through those moments, Mm. but then it's quite good to, I mean, some people would disagree. They would say, well, I don't want some weird, outdated, ludicrous institution governing my decision-making and making me feel guilty about doing what I should be doing, which is getting out of a relationship which doesn't work anymore or anything like that, but... You know, why, why is that any worse than any other technique that you use for making a relationship last? Yeah. Sometimes it's quite nice just to think, actually, it would be so embarrassing and such a pain in the ass to get divorced <laughs> that we'll just stay together. Oh, my,
2: I mean, oh, I like...
1: Hey, darling, if you're listening to this, you know I love you, right? And all I'm doing is I'm being honest about the experiences that every married person has. I think it's interesting. The idea is you go out with someone and you you really love them and you think, wow, I love them so much. I love everything about them. I don't think I ever need to go out with anyone else again. I think it's time to get married. Yeah. Because that's how much I love this person. And they're right for me. And I think they may be the one. Mm. And isn't it amazing that I've actually met the person that's right for me and they happen to live very close. And, <laughs> and they know a lot of the same friends that I do. So, anyway, yeah. for whatever reason, reason i've lucked out yeah and now we're gonna show the world how lucky we are by making a commitment. big
2: party yeah, there's big, gonna be a room with pick mix in big it party.
1: we're gonna go to church even <laughs> though we've never been to church before <laughs> and it's this is great but then you know the first time comes along where you think oh, I'm really angry with them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to get beyond it. And I think that this thing that I'm angry about is probably never going to go away. And uh, Or conversely, wow, they seem really, really upset with me about that thing that I did, and I'm not sure I'm ever really going to be able to apologise sufficiently for that. And how's that going to work for the rest of our lives? (laughs) And it works, if it works, because you just think, well, I promised... (laughs) Oops. So I
2: made a promise. I made a
1: promise, and actually, you know, it's quite good sometimes. I mean, to there is stick like, to a promise.
2: I I do think, yeah, totally. Like there is, there's like two. I'm in two. I'm split down the middle. I feel like there's there's the one half of me that's like never again, never ever again. Yeah, and then the other half of me is like, all I want to do is get married. Someone ask me to marry them. Someone commit to me. Yeah. Someone put me in a house. Someone give me a sink someone tell me everything's going to be okay forever and i'll be safe and i don't care if i'm sad or i'm not crazy about them i'll be fine because it's lovely and it's secure and its life is nice can be nicer when shared with someone else if they're the right Indeed. person. Indeed, but the
1: idea that if you make a long-term commitment to someone whether it's uh, just in a relationship or marriage or whatever the idea that you're somehow banishing loneliness is completely wrong because yeah. of course you and there's a peculiar kind of loneliness within a marriage. Oh as well. my god, yeah,
2: I've I felt and within lonely. A relationship. Yeah, I've felt lonely in relationships before, and it's it's effing bleak because yeah. you're like, but I'm doing it. I've got the I, I've got the partner.
1: Yeah, and it but if and, and you know the longer you stick with it, then you, you you break through into some sort of you do you get rewards. It's a bit like getting older, you know. It's mainly actually no, I'm not going to say that because <laughs> I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm implying that marriage is mainly shit which i don't think it is but it's a bit like getting older you know there's there's quite a few difficult things about it but you do get some rewards yeah i mean i'm i'm really selling marriage here aren't i <laughs> i mean
2: you're going to be naked in a in a female changing room soon <laughs> My wife's your wife's gonna, gonna...
1: she started listening to the podcast like she never used to listen it's to good. it it's
2: good i mean i have i've genuinely i'm trying to think when have i ever heard a gentleman folk talk about Marriage without it being like our oh, misses, our oh, ball and shit. I think it's anyone, a man or a woman. I would. I'm fascinated to hear. You know what? What? What's it? What, like I, my parents are actually I going to say my parents aren't married and never have been and aren't together, but they are married now because.
1: because are they seriously now married?
2: It's more security with with the sort of house and stuff like that. And my mum, I think before she had squatters' rights. <laughs> in the house but now she has full rights to the house um but yeah they they got married my dad wore a pair of trousers the fly was broken and he had and he had pissed down the front of his flies because he'd gone to do a wee and the fire alarm had gone off so he got a bit scared and dribbled a bit of wee wee (laughs) oh and um the woman who did this hosted ceremony was wearing sunglasses throughout and the other woman in the room was eating a pack of Doritos, which she generously offered to be a Jamie throughout this. <laughs> Do you want some? Do you want one? <laughs> my dad forgot my mum's name and it was a fantastic day. And then we went for a buffet afterwards, which was great. Speaking of my dad, actually, he's been a real support since the breakup. Has he? My parents rent rooms in my house, in my family house, to foreign language. It's students who come over here to learn... English because yeah. there's an English language school nearby, and my dad made very, very good friends with one of them, an 18 year old boy. My dad's 78, so just a cool 60 years between them. He made big friends with him and went out to Turkey to visit him because he missed him. No, <laughs> that's now, nice. I mean, were they having sex? Who knows? <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: How long did he know him for? Three
2: months. Three months. <laughs> <laughs> maybe less
1: did you and Jamie feel threatened by very
2: I mean this the, bond the that... first time we met I was with my boyfriend at the time and we had arranged to go for a a walk with the dogs at the park and we were um, like on the high street and I arranged to meet my dad outside the sh- the supermarket and I looked across the road and I just saw this young bo- I was like I had the dogs barking and I saw them and I was like who the hell is that boy holding the dogs? And then about like a mile away was my dad waving, Hello, Tasha! And I was like, what's going on? And he'd not told me, but he'd bought his mate with him. And this boy just carried my dad's bag the entire, <laughs> the entire day. My dad would be like, uh, Dogan. His name is Dogan. Dogan, uh, apple, please. And he just silently, didn't speak, get him an apple out, and give it to him. Dogan. <laughs> Nut, please. He likes to... My dad's favourite thing is getting stuff and decanting it into other stuff. Like, that's his favourite thing. (laughs) So he had... When we go out, he's always got, like, an old jam jar of water. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. He'll have, like, a very, very heavy, like, pestle and mortar with cling film on it filled with nuts. I mean, he's what been... What does he do?
1: grinds them up? No,
2: just carrying them. It's the, probably the main reason why I could never live at home again. Like, when my brother lived there, it drove him... You know, he'd do things like, someone's taken a spoon out of the mayonnaise, like a teaspoonful, and he's like, oh, that's empty now, so may as well fill that up with some salad cream, get it to the top again. <laughs> like, one time, one time my brother went to get some jam out the fridge, stuck his got the jam jar out, stuck his knife in the thing, and was like, what? And inside the jam jar was one beetroot and one chili <laughs> and my brother went dad what the hell is this where's the jam what have you put in this jar and he was like jamie i know exactly what's in that jar one beetroot and one red chili <laughs> so there's he knows what he's doing there's not confusion there he's just decanting changing things up
1: why has he got a jar of water
2: Because he's like, you take water out with you.
1: Right, he might want to drink.
2: Yeah, but you put it in a jam jar, obviously. I mean, his bag is the heaviest thing you have ever felt. Yeah. (laughs) He's not the most stable man. He's had two knee transplants. You know, he's getting on. He's got a real hump, like a real hobble, because he was a chef for so long, so he's bent over pots and pans his whole life. Yeah. And the steam, the stickiness got to him in the kitchen and has set him (laughs) in a permanent bow. But, yeah, he's a very contrary person. Anyway, so he went to Turkey to visit this man. To visit Dogan. Dogan, the 18-year-old. And was he nice, Dogan? Right, this is my experience of him. Me saying, hello, and him going, yes. (laughs) And then me saying, oh, sorry, and, like, nearly tripping over him because I didn't realise he was there and him being like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my experience of Dogan. Cut to a few weeks ago, my dad got back from Turkey and went, "Are you got back with your boyfriend yet? No, still. Still sadly broken up. And he went, well, I've got something very exciting to tell you. It's a little bit crazy, but uh, please listen to me. Okay, what? I've met someone who is very deeply in love with you, Natasha. (laughs) I was like, right, who? Who have you met in Turkey? And he went, the boy. (laughs) Which boy? The 18-year-old boy. Dogan? Yes, the one. And he said, Dogan, on like the third day of their trip, he was like, he couldn't hold it in I was telling him every day, Dogan, something is wrong with you. What's going on? I mean, the boy <laughs> doesn't speak English or Cypriot, so I don't know what the conversation was happening. Dogan, he had his head in his eyes, said, I can't hold it in any longer. I love her. I'm crazy for her. I want to marry her. And then he said, it's going to be very good for you because his dad is going to give you his hotel, going to buy your house, and his dad has also promised to give you all his wisdom. <laughs> and, um, the full
1: hotel plus wisdom package. Plus,
2: exactly. And so I'm moving to Turkey. <laughs> I'm marrying an 18-year-old. And I was like, Dad, come on, because he loves to exaggerate. And I was yeah. like, he didn't say love. And he went, he did? I went, that's insane. We met once. He went, "What? love is very crazy. It happens whenever it can. And then he told him about me being in America, doing this pilot I just did. He said, and he says to wish you all the best luck in the world and he hopes you are the princess of all the cinemas in Texas. <laughs> I'm. It sounds like I'm making up, like, so this is going back to staff. So much of the stuff that, like, has happened with Aunt mine and Jamie's dad over the years, like, he could, Jamie couldn't put it in the show because he was like it's like you'd write that and go, oh, come on, that never happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, he never wore women's glasses all the time because he stole them from women that came to visit his cafe. He never did that. So, he did. But, you know, like, there's... there's, I mean, it's just endless. (laughs) He did... He actually came and cameoed in the TV... Oh, did he? So... This, I mean, maybe it's more of a physical thing. You need to see it. But yeah. basically the the uh, the final episode, there's a party. And so we were with like Greek people there. So we were like have dad in the background at a party. We wanted to give him a line. Jamie went and worked on it for about three hours trying to get him to say the line. But you'd like the line was something like, where are the grapes? And my dad's like that. Are the grapes in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> no, dad, the line is, where are the grapes? You want grapes? I get some grapes. Where are the grapes? I got the raisins as well. You know raisins. It's actually small, very small, r- 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 grape. <laughs> and so my brother's like, right, can't do this, can't do this. So we'll just have him in a background shop. We'll just get him. And we got him sitting down at, on a sofa. And so we were like, you're just having a conversation with someone, but don't look at the camera. Obviously, stared right into the camera and smiled the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, okay. Don't do. Let's not have you that. What? What can we do? Um, looking to the side, but then looking to the side, he still would like go and look. His head would turn three sixty <laughs> degrees to face the camera. So it was like maybe okay. That would be. Let's have a random shot of like an old Greek man asleep at the party. So we were like maybe. Well, so we'll have you being asleep at the party. Action. And he does that thing where you do the most obvious fake sleeping that, like, children do when they don't want to get in trouble because they should be asleep, where you just, like, blink loads. So he's just blinking. And then in the end, we worked out that we, the only way to get him in is if we had him sleeping with sunglasses on (laughs) so you couldn't (laughs) see his eyes. And luckily, that shot made it in the show, in the final show. So that's very good. Hey,
0: you need to move
2: much faster
0: in the street. Come on, I want you to be with your feet. You're wasting my valuable time. I got people to meet, but instead I'm moving very slowly behind your arse. Hey! I'm important I need to travel faster. How can you walk
1: so slowly? I'm very important. You are a walking disaster. Earlier this year, mm-hmm. you filmed a pilot. Big time. Big time with... You tell me.
2: We're talking a Watiti. We're talking Jermaine the Clement. We're talking Matt the Berry Tree. We're talking Kevan <laughs> Nobeck Wow. Yeah, amazing. And also we're talking the guy who is the shape from Shape in the Water. The shape oh. was in it.
1: Shape of water. Shape It wasn't called Shape in the Water. <laughs> the
2: Shape and the Water. <laughs> you seen that
1: film. There's a shape in the water. <laughs>
2: is it not? <laughs> OK, the shape of... The, I'm, I, we did a... He was in it. The Shape. The Shape. I mean, the man has done it all. Doug Collins. Yeah.
0: Hello. Fact-checking Santa here. The name of the actor that played the amphibian man in The Shape of Water was Doug Jones, not Doug Collins. Merry Christmas!
2: (laughs) He plays the Baron. Yeah. So he had like the full prosthetics. He does all the prosthetic work.
1: So this is a TV version of. What we, we do, do in, in the, the shadows, shadows, the film. Which was Taika Waititi's film from a few years back. Yeah. And Jermaine's. Jermaine Clement that. in it and Oh, Jermaine I,
2: I think they wrote it together. Did they? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. And, and it was
1: really funny. That was one of the first Taika Waititi films I saw before I'd seen obviously he hadn't made it yet, Hunt for the Wilder People.
2: I saw Eagle vs. Shark before that. Thank you oh, very Eagle much. Versus Shark I did. Like, right. absolutely I mean, it's so the female lead in that, Lily, she plays character, clearly, I didn't want her. Names I should know that stuff like that. She's unbelievable. That was like, I was like, I want to do that one day, be her.
1: And Taika obviously directed Thor Ragnarok.
2: Big time, Thor Ragnarok.
1: Well. So you are very much in the right place at the right time.
2: Oh, big time, baby. I'm on the Whoa. floor of my kitchen cleaning vinegar How bottles. How the hell did that happen? I don't, I mean, actually, big, big shout out to the AB podcast. A few months before, so the last summer of 2017, I, um... <laughs> had a very small part in an up-and-coming film that Ian Curtis... Ian <laughs> Curtis?
1: Ian Curtis, he's back, and he's directing <laughs> romantic comedies.
2: Ian Amoris directed, which stars Claudia O'Doherty, my my sweet girl. Yeah. Written by very good friends... Joe Param and Keith Kushi wrote this, the director's film called The Festival, About anyway, so I was in it. Mm-hmm. By the way, we had dinner one night and Jermaine's in that film and we were chatting and I he was sat next to me and I was like, oh God, oh God. And it was a curry restaurant, so I was like, there's going to be poppadoms everywhere. I'm not going to hold back. This is a disaster. And then he was like, "I, yeah, uh, you're Natasha, right? I heard your an Buxin podcast. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, yes. So thanks to you, babes. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I guess that, I don't know if that had anything to do with me. I don't think it had anything to do with but it was very nice that he knew I existed. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that's why you got the job. Yeah, big big time.
1: Do you do an accent?
2: Yes, like a sort of I mean it's very mixed. It's like Transylvania meets. Quite often Jermaine actually <laughs> filming was like, Tash, you're going a bit cockney again. <laughs> so really smashing it.
1: <laughs> give me a bit of a, can you give me a flavour of the think, accent?
2: Um I'm, hello, I'm Nadja. I am Nadja. And I am, uh, my boyfriend is Laszlo, played by Matt Berry. So it's like Russian come racist. Eastern
1: European slash racist, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's my favorite.
2: <laughs> Russian come racist. So yeah, and then I, I couldn't, I mean, like, I, I got a call from my agent. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I genuinely jumped up and down screaming. Mm. Like, I nearly smacked my head on the ceiling. Cause like, I've done, worked on some amazing things. In my career, I've been very, like, lucky. But I've also, you know, had the classic, it's been nine months and all I've done is clean vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was very, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this stuff doesn't happen. Like, no, come on, don't be stupid. And yeah, and then I was, I had to go and get my work visa from the American Embassy. Which Where did you make the pilot? In LA. No way. In Hollywood, the big time. I mean... I genuinely, when we, like, drove to the set for the first time, I sound like I'm a very emotional person, but I actually don't cry that much because I take a lot of anxiety medication, which kind of keeps that on the d But I <laughs> I welled up. Like, I was like, it fed the, the disgusting little rat in me that wants to be a film star. It, it was <laughs> so overwhelming. And because everything there is bigger, it's um, craft services, which is the sort of catering Yeah. I mean, it's there 24-7, and it's like a sweet shop. It's like a, a newsagent. The only thing they don't have is magazines, Porn which mags. I love. Smutty mags, which obviously I would love. Yeah. But it's me going, oh, it's like a mini supermarket. Honestly, they've got a box of bubblegum here. Oh, my God, there's a sushi chef, and I don't even eat fish. Just shut up. I was taking carrier bags and ruining takes because I was rustling my carrier bag, filling it up with apple crisps. <laughs> <laughs> and like cake bars. And like, no one taking these donuts, so I'll have them. Yeah, it's, everything is just bigger. The set, they had these like paintings, old paintings done of me and Matt because we're... Like, and, and Kay Van's character that they... I mean, I, just everything. It was like, if you've seen the film, the designer who designed the film designed the house. Mm. And it's just like, there was so much taxidermy. You know, stuff in England just doesn't have as much of a budget. That's just the way it is. And I was like, you know, one piece of this taxidermy would be the entire art department budget for a show in England. You'd be like, you can have the wolf, but you've got to do the show. They've got to live on the wolf and inside the wolf's mouth. (laughs) Every scene has to take place with the wolf.
1: And what's the premise for the TV version then? Is it like, because for people who haven't seen it, the film was a mockumentary about a group of vampires from different eras yeah. sharing a house,
2: living in modern time, modern day New Zealand. Yeah. So it's still a mockumentary. Yeah. It's quite similar, but the difference is, is that I guess because it's a series, it has to have a longer sort of story. So it's about us, we've been told to go and take over the world, like the new world, and we are stupid. So we've just ended up landing where the boat docked, which was Staten Island. And my character is a horny vampire, which is essentially who I am.
1: Well, we've established that. Exactly,
2: so it's perfect. But yeah, it was incredible. The only weird thing about it is, and I will say this, is that the film is so well-loved, it's very weird to do a film and then a TV series. Usually mm-hmm. it goes the other way around. So I am so sorry to all the fans of the film if we ruin it by making a TV series of it. Can
1: you think of any other examples of comedy films that have Only turned falls into...
2: Only falls and Horses? That was a big <laughs> blockbuster, wasn't it? <laughs> so I had an idea. I was like, I was thinking about, on my votes for women tack, I was thinking of the films that I'd loved and watched and that had made me be like, maybe affected me in a not-so-positive way without realising. Mm. And I was thinking about Greece. Mm. love that film love them tunes love that love it however you know she's what she's doing is effectively going I'm going to take off my nice comfy skirt and I'm going to be sewn into a pair of I'm going to dress like a
1: a woman of the evening and I'm going to start smoking
2: and I'm going to start smoking (laughs) I'm going to change myself completely to comply with what you want Danny Zuko and so, you know, that definitely got into my brain when I was younger. I was like, I need to be sewn into my trousers. When my mum <laughs> is sewing me into my trousers, that is when I've made it. That's when I'm, I'm it. I've got it. Everything. I'd like to make a film that is two people just agree that they're fine and that they probably shouldn't be together. And then I was like, what would it be called? Slime. Because also, I've, for those of you who don't know, I'm making a lot of slime right now to deal with my breakup. <laughs> Um, that sounds revolting. Do you not know about the slime craze? No. Right, so my friend called me this morning, who I'm writing something with, and she was like, we have to meet up next week, and she was like, what's your diary for next week? And I'm not kidding. It was Monday, broadband coming, <laughs> Tuesday, cinema with mum, Saturday, Sunday, slime event. What the that shit is my-
1: slime? Slime? Slime. You can keep on saying it, but I'm still not going to You don't understand. know what slime no, is? No, apart from like... A substance that is slimy.
2: Yeah. Slime. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's a colourful substance that's slimy, but there is a slime revolution happening. Well, it's
1: come back. I mean, slime it's, was... It's
2: back and it's bigger than ever and it's colour more colourful. I'm serious. It all started with um, Instagram, yeah. which I had come off because of how anxious it made me and how... You
1: weren't getting enough likes.
2: Well, no, it was that I was being like living for the likes. Yeah. And, not, you know, even if I was getting three likes, I was like, great, someone's liking something I'm doing. And then on top of that, I have lots of mixed feelings about it. It makes me very anxious. I don't like people posting 300 photos of just their face, mm-hmm. especially people in comedy, especially women in comedy, because I'm like, what separates you from someone? You know, you are intelligent and clever and you have stuff to say. But I was doing it too. Like, my, I was like, oh, oh, hello. My arm looks thin. Better get that on the internet. So I came off it. For, and also just mainly because it's just a ridiculous <laughs> distraction. And if someone shows me a photo of themselves, like their feet on a beach, I'm like, for fuck's sake, my life is a piece of shit because my feet are on a beach. They're on my kitchen floor and there's vinegar everywhere. So I came off Instagram, but then I got back on it. Thanks to the breakup, whatever. I got back on it and I discovered slime. And let me tell you, things have never been better.
1: What? I still don't understand. Uh, like
2: It's okay. something to do with ASMR. Do you Have you heard of ASMR? Gentle whispering.
1: Oh, but it, you get sort of erotically fixated by certain sounds. It's
2: not erotic. A Sorry. lot of things charge me up. Oh, let yeah. me, you know, I'm me so horny.
1: Is this like the videos you get on YouTube with people sort of crinkling paper stuff and, and stuff? And cutting
2: stuff. So that doesn't work for me. Whispering doesn't do anything. There are a lot of people making a lot of money doing it, speaking like this. This is my makeup kit, and these are my for USMR people. Are like, this
1: is free. Autonomous sensory meridian response a term used for an experience characterised by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the mm-hmm, neck and upper mm-hmm. spine. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia.
2: Yeah, so it's, I think it started with this, like, whispering thing. Like, I had friends who were going to sleep listening to these videos of this. There's a particular girl who's very good at it who does on YouTube who whispers. I hate whispering. I know. I For me, I'm like... <laughs> Get it away from me. Yeah. And then I found slime. And now let me get an amen. So there's something about crunchy slime. For me, it's crunch. Crunchy slime? So there's a type of slime called phloam, which is like the, like, board. No, it's nothing to do with age. That's the beauty of slime. It's genderless. It is ageless. (laughs) It's just slime. There are these videos of just girls (laughs) playing with slime. There's another channel where this woman freezes paint (laughs) (laughs) and then crushes it up that I'm a big fan of. There are specific videos that I love called Slime Smoothies Uh where people, slime makers, it's big business. There's a slime event and I'm going to it. Are you seriously? Yeah, where the slime, I'm going to go and there's workshops on how to make slime. I live for it and I'm making a lot of it. I'm going to go back to a room where I have left a plate of slime open because I'm hoping... (laughs) that it will form this type of slime called iceberg slime where the top goes crusty if you leave it, get it, get the air into it, and then you push through. It's the crunch, crunch into softness. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You don't see It's having an effect. So what you've just felt, mine is like, hey, mm-hmm. boy, I, I love it.
1: Wait. This is an advert
2: for Squarespace.
1: Welcome back, Podcats. Tash Dimitriou there. Very grateful to Tash for making the time to come and talk to me. And I hope she's having fun out there in Canada filming What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series, which is due to air on America's FX network in the spring of 2019. And over here on the BBC sometime after that. Not sure exactly when. I've put a link to a little article and a trailer a very short teaser trailer in the description of this podcast along with a few other related links very excited though about what we do in the Shadows of the TV series would have been a little bit better if Buckles had been in it probably but eh, you can't have everything I'm out here on one of the most spectacularly beautiful evenings I've seen in quite a while Rosie's up ahead as is my daughter and they're gambling about in a very straightforwardly joyful way that makes me feel extremely lucky and grateful and sort of offsets the anger and bitterness about not only being excluded from staff lets flats, but also from what we do in the shadows, which I think we can all agree I would have been perfect for. Speaking of staff, Let's Flats, though, or if you're an American Greek boy, rents apartments. A reminder that you can see all six episodes of the first series on the Channel 4 4OD website. I've also put a link to that comedy blap um, in the description of this podcast. So we went to see Hamilton, the musical, this week with my daughter. It was a big birthday treat. She was just 10 a few weeks ago. And she knows every single word of that thing off by heart. I thought it was very good. And I'm not a massive fan of going to uh, the theatre. It's not the theatre so much as the actual physical discomfort that gets to me. I generally don't like being... And I always get sat right in the middle of the row. And the, the rows are so thin. And you can't really move. And the seats are tiny. This is very boring... Clichéd complaints about a wonderful art form that really I shouldn't dignify by repeating. But the fact remains, I do have a slight terror of going to the theatre because I do like going to the loo regularly and often and always find myself in the middle of a row next to some angry-looking folks who don't seem to want to get up. And, you know, it's, it's very disruptive. People don't like it when you go to the loo in the middle. Anyway... It was fine. I managed to dehydrate myself sufficiently before our trip to Hamilton that I didn't need to get up once during the entire nearly three-hour performance. But it was very good. I can see why it's a sensation. Incredibly talented cast, and the songs are terrific. A bit disappointed that there wasn't more Formula One stuff in there, but there you go. And I was thinking I might do a mini tribute, possibly called Buckleton, with some very stirring rap songs about life out here in Buckles Towers. And maybe I could play some of them to Joe when we do our Christmas podcast this year. Not promising anything, but I'm, I'm saying it out loud in order to encourage myself to actually do it. Speaking of rapping and rappers, I've been watching the second series of hip-hop evolution or evolution on netflix very good i mentioned it before on the podcast the first series last episode i watched i think it was episode three of season two was called do the knowledge i think and it focused on new york's legendary latin quarter hip-hop club i say legendary i'd never heard of it before watching the documentary which indicates to you my very low level of expertise on the subject of hip-hop. Nevertheless, I knew quite a few of the artists featured on there, but it's all just fascinating. Really good interviews and great archive. So this episode that I watched, Do the Knowledge, uh, was about KRS-One, who I did know a little bit about, and Scott La Rock, And they made their name, I believe, at the Latin Quarter Hip-Hop Club... Scott Lerotte was shot. I remember listening to uh, Tim Westwood's show In the Car with Joe, who was a proper hip-hop head when we used to drive around as as young men. And I remember Westwood talking about, stop the violence! And then following that, all of this featured in this last episode of uh, Hip-Hop Evolution was the wave of more Afrocentric and positive rap. Represented by artists like Queen Latifah, Moni Love, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest. That was my sort of era. That was the stuff that I really liked in the hip-hop world, I suppose. Because it was a bit less urban and angry. And despite the whole Afrocentric ethos, I felt slightly less of a fraud listening to it. Anyway, I really recommend the show. Whether you're one of the world's leading hip-hop experts like me or just a fan of music Rosie come here come and say hello no, I don't really want to say hello hey how you doing you want a scritch scratch oh the mere mention of a scritch scratch gets a very positive reaction from Rosie don't patronise me just give me a scritch scratch alright then all right let's head back thank you very much to Seamus Murphy Mitchell for production support to Matt Lamont for edit support to you for downloading this podcast I really appreciate it take good care and remember on bonfire night if the fuse on your firework fizzles don't return till it's safe to that chisels I love you